0: your average mother runner podcast my name is lisa and this is not just a podcast about running this is a podcast to empower women through fitness and health and everything in between because let's be honest ladies this journey could suck if we don't get our shit together Okay, welcome back to Not Your Average Mother Runner podcast. I am your host, Lisa, and today I have a guest with me. Her name is Connie Nightingale, aka the Fit Farming Food Mom, and I'm going to want you to explain that because I was like, okay, what does that mean? (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) And she's a bodybuilding athlete, a certified nutritionist, and personal trainer, a podcast host, and in my opinion, an overall badass. And if you looked at her pictures on her website, you'll see how much of a badass she truly is. Plus, she's a mom. Enough said. (laughs) Um, I brought her here today to talk about her transformation story, how she got into the fitness and health industry, and how the hell does she balance all of that with a family. So, Connie, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today.
0: I just want everyone to know where your back, what your background is, uh, where you know where you're from, um, because you didn't start out in the fitness and health industry initially, right? No.
1: Do you want the sweet and condensed version, or do you want the let's, long version? <laughs> let's do the
0: cl- let's do the cliff note version of it.
1: <laughs> okay. So the cliff note version is is. Um, I've always been like, as a child, my dad was a a big time, um, dirt bike racer. So, uh, we've raced dirt bikes, we rodeoed, we lived on a farm when I was a kid. And basically when I was like eight, my mom didn't let us watch any TV ever. And when I was like eight, I snuck over to the neighbor's house and they were watching the Terminator and it had like just come out. And I was enamored with Arnold Schwarzenegger, like totally enamored with him. (laughs) but just because I was enamored with him and into like all these fitness people, I never worked out myself or anything. I was just an active kid, but I've always struggled with my weight a lot as well. Right. So anyway, uh, the sweetened condensed version is, um, I'm a mom. I have several kids, but after my daughter was born, um, in 2013, we made some major dietary changes and, um, basically I finally was able to lose weight and I lost like 50 pounds right off the bat. And when this happened, I started feeling really great and I wanted to fit fitness into my life again. I had power lifted through high school. Um, but I never had that physique that I wanted and I had lost so much weight. It was almost crazy. I literally looked in the mirror and I could just see my ribs and stuff in my chest. It was just, and I was like, okay, so I'm skinny now, but I don't look good. I don't look like those girls in magazines and things like that. And so I was like, well, the only person that's going to make myself look this way is me. I'm 100% the driver of my car. And Mm -hmm. so what that means is that if I want to look a certain way, I'm responsible for that. And that means I'm going to have to start getting up every morning or making it happen. No more excuses about how I don't have time because I'm a busy mom. Mm-hmm. Um, basically it came down to me just starting and it didn't matter where I started, but I just got going with it. So pretty much I wrote a little sticky note out, wrote that I'm going to work out every day and I'm not ever going to set my alarm or, or hit my snooze button, you know? <laughs> so at three thirty every morning, my alarm would go off. I would get out of bed, And I had this little routine, I would do like three sets of 20 squats, three sets of pushups, three sets of uh, (laughs) sit ups, what you have, you name it, you know, and I after I stuck with this program for quite a while, I started seeing all these changes, right, my legs were feeling like firm. And I was telling my husband, I was like, honey, I have a muscle in my leg, feel it, you know. (laughs) And, and he was like, he was like, probably really tired of me saying these kind of things, right? Anyway, then next thing you know, we got a 20 pound kettlebell and a couple of dumbbells and I started incorporating that into my workouts. And then finally I was like, okay, well, this isn't enough. Um, I'm going to need to find some equipment. So then the Craigslist equipment browsing Mm -hmm. started happening. And then next thing you know, I'm like emptying out my whole office at my house. And I bought this like bench press with like a leg, cheapo leg (laughs) extension on it. And pretty soon I'm like, having to cut everything into days so that I can because I didn't have time to train everything I wanted to train. And lo and behold, I'm getting pretty jacked and I'm like blowing my own mind because I'm like, whoa, look at all these muscles. And uh anyway, so that led to me telling my husband, hey, um I know I've never had this discussion with you. I know you know I love the terminator and all these things, but I think it's really time for me to step on stage. Which was a really hard thing to tell your husband who you know, didn't really see that coming. And it's an expensive sport and it's an overwhelming sport and it's an extreme sport. And there's a lot of, um, nuances to the sport that people, you know, thoughts that they have about it as far as PEDs, things like that. And he's like, I don't know if I want you to go there. And I was like, listen, I can do this. Look at how jacked I am, (laughs) you know? And so I sought out a coach, um, about eight weeks out from my first show. And, I worked my butt off and I stepped on stage. And um, let me tell you, bodybuilding prep is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, still will continue to be. Um, and there were many points where I wanted to quit in that journey. But once I stepped on stage, it was all very clear that that's where I belonged. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the sweet and condensed version of my story.
0: Wow. Was it at that point that you got into being a certified nutritionist and personal trainer after you did that? Or was that, um, yeah, that's
1: when I really got the ball rolling on that stuff. Mm -hmm. Although prior to me changing my diet and stuff, I had done a ton of research on, um, my research stemmed from my son has severe ADHD and, um, some, some function, you know, functioning problems. And we had tried everything. I didn't want to put him on medications, but he ended up being on medications and that made him way worse. Um, I know when they put kids on SSRIs, that can become a problem, and it did for my son. He started struggling with severe depression and lots of anxiety and all sorts of really bad things, and nobody could help us, and they are just like, oh, go to counseling, do this and do that, and it got to where our, 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 our home life was a, a really bad nightmare, and anyway, I started looking into different modalities to help um, children overcome these things, And you would hear, you would hear a lot about like removing food dyes and things like that. And we had tried all of that and it didn't work anyway. So, um, basically I saw this seminar on, um, the gut brain connection Mm -hmm. in ADHD and autistic kids. And that's, I went to that. And when I did, my mind was blown. My husband actually went with me and he sat there in the chair with me and we were both like, yeah, our mouths just dropped open. It was like, wow. And so we switched him over to something called the GAPS protocol. And when we did this, um, it was crazy. Within two weeks, um, he was a totally different human being. So anyway, in that process is when I learned that I was probably suffering from some gut dysfunction as well. Um, And so I also didn't know at the time that I had autoimmune disease, right? I know now Mm -hmm. um, I've been uh diagnosed with it now. But at the time I didn't know. And so here I was suffering from all these things. Well autoimmune disease and food goes hand in hand as well. And mm-hmm. so that's part of the reason that I lost so much weight and started to feel so great was because I removed a lot of these inflammatory foods and my body was like, oh thank God. <laughs> you right. you so anyway, in the long and the short of it, I got really interested in nutrition and how it affects your gut and your whole body um, right off the bat. And so, I mean, I wasn't going to school at that point. I was just studying everything I could get my hands on to read about, um, blood sugar, metabolism, you name it, watching videos on YouTube while doing cardio about the Krebs cycle and metabolic, you know, like all sorts of cellular respiration, all sorts of crazy stuff. (laughs) And I, I couldn't get it right. It was so confusing without going to a school platform. And so I would watch some of these videos, the different kinds of videos over and over and over again. It was ridiculous. And like some of my gym buddies are like, what in the hell are you watching today? (laughs) Like seriously. (laughs) And, um, and it's, it's just been something that I have been extremely interested in. And also, um, my original coach. So that's how the nutrition stuff kind of came about. But my original coach, um, when I was in her gym, working and with my teammates and all of this kind of stuff she was like you have an innate talent for talking to people and helping them and teaching them and she's like also you are such a stickler on form you're like everything has to be perfect she's like why don't you become a personal trainer and I don't know why I hadn't thought of it at that point (laughs) it was just like I was just doing me you know um she's like she really encouraged me to um pursue becoming a, a personal trainer. And so that's when I started to do that, I was like, oh well, I'm not gonna use it, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna use it. I'm just gonna just have it for my own knowledge. I'm gonna learn this kinesiology stuff and all that. And then I start training clients after I get it. And I'm like, you know, I really love teaching mm-hmm. people how to move properly, how to fix all these, I mean, a lot of people's aches and pains and things come down to muscle imbalances. Um not like, I mean, how many people's lower backs hurt and they're constantly complaining about it, but that could be fixed through building posterior chain and core. And there's just so much to it. And so many facets that I just started to blow my own mind with all this stuff that I had, this influx of knowledge that I had had for so long. And so finally I get my new, my personal training license. And I was like, well, I got all these people asking me about food and all this stuff. And I think it's time to go through a formal nutrition program. So I did. And at that point, um, now I have all this stuff and yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's kind of uh, where I'm at.
0: <laughs> Connie, I'm still stuck on the Krebs cycle.
1: <laughs> oh
0: that gosh. is like no joke. That's like that's definitely biology one oh one. And that is biochemistry, that is pretty very impressive but god there's so many things that you said that you're blowing my mind because it's exactly the same thing you know when you're learning about where all these aches and pains come from and then the imbalances and it's like holy shit yeah you know going through my own training it's like mind blowing and um yeah you obviously have that talent to inspire and and talk and and help others so it does obviously make sense that you're in that, this type of career and this type of industry. So I'm still like, wow, that's really, really impressive. So like, how long have you been personal trainer and a nutritionist?
1: Um, so I officially got my personal training license in December of 2019. So, um, and then I got my nutritionist license in February officially. So Yeah. No, that's so I haven't awesome. had it very long, but I've got about five years of extreme uh, let's see self-bullying in the nutrition field. yeah, and I'm so, I mean, I've inundated myself and totally flooded myself with all of this knowledge. and I feel like I still don't have enough. And like, I told my husband I wasn't going to go back to school, but i I'm, I'm probably going to go back to school to become a functional nutritional therapy practitioner because, not only, I'm, I'm not, there's a lot of, this is the problem with coaches out there. There's so many coaches out there that just wanna get their clients skinny and they don't care what means it takes to get them there. And you see so many people on these non-sustainable crash diets, these people just throw them at a low calorie number or if it fits your macros thing. And they don't take into consideration other health problems that could be potentially holding this person back and to me, that is the root of everything. Our health, right? Getting skinny is not getting skinny is not the big picture. So we need to look at this big picture and make sure that the whole body is functioning as a whole, and it's not just about being skinny.
0: Yeah, it, absolutely. It's not, and I always say it's not a cookie cutter uh, program. It's not a cookie cutter situation. You're absolutely right. Everyone has to be individualized with who they are as a person, their lifestyle, their predisposition, their genetic predisposition, all of that has to be taken in consideration. So no, I am completely with you on that one. Um, But let's take a step back because I really want to talk about, you kind of mentioned it at the beginning with some of the ailments that you had, your autoimmune system. You know, autoimmune system situation, and you had this transformation. Can you just talk a little bit about that? And the reason why I want you to talk about that is because I think that for a lot of women who are probably where you were at the beginning, don't think they can get to where you are now. So I want you to just kind of talk about what are some of the things you had to deal with? What are some of the challenges? what was your like lowest point and uh, just kind of go through the journey a little bit with, with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of starts back, my husband and I, um, I have a six year gap in my children and my husband and I wanted to have another child and we could not get pregnant. Like couldn't, it just wasn't going to happen. And to the point of where, um, I just got rid of everything and I was like, "Eh, I guess I just have one child and at the same time i was having like heart palpitations all the time i always felt super tired like extremely tired and i just never felt comfortable in my own skin and i thought well maybe that's just normal to be tired you're an adult you're you have a lot going on um and so i was always making excuses for myself as to why i felt tired now don't mistake that for being lazy <laughs> i have always been a huge go getter i am always out doing stuff. People are like, how do you, how do you do this? We can't even keep up with you. All my personal friends and stuff. They just look at me like, (laughs) but, um, I was exhausted all the time though. So I forced myself to do stuff, but I didn't, um, I didn't feel good about it. And I went to the doctor a million times over my heart palpitations. They're like, Oh, you're distressed. I'm like, well, no, I am not stressed. And then I said, I'm always so tired. My hair falls out. I have all this stuff going on. And they were like, well, we'll check your thyroid. We'll check you for this, we'll check. They, they checked me they checked my thyroid, they checked all sorts of stuff with me. Um, but they never checked the right stuff. They never checked to see what was dysfunctional or what wasn't. And I didn't find out until um, I hired a functional medicine doctor. She is the one that went in dug deep did all the necessary blood work that a lot of Western medical doctors don't do and found out that I have really bad Hashimoto's disease on top of PCOS. So no wonder I couldn't get pregnant. Well, you know, (laughs) and, uh, and, uh, the Hashimoto's. No wonder I was tired all the time. My, my thyroid, by the time I got to her was like next to nothing functioning. And this was after my second, um, season of bodybuilding. And, um, with that being said, Bodybuilding didn't help it, right? Didn't help my thyroid out at all because when you crash diet for years on end, which basically that's what a bodybuilding cut is, right? I'm not trying to shine a negative light on it, but mm-hmm. um, I went through some pretty extreme um, contest preps with pretty extreme caloric deficits because if you think about it, my thyroid wasn't functioning. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I could never lose weight in my life. And to get shredded for bodybuilding contest, you have to, really pushed the envelope and my body was like no way I'm not going to lose this weight unlike a lot of people where they can shed it I couldn't and so we went to some pretty extreme measures to get me there including some really huge caloric deficits which I never recommend because whether you have a thyroid problem or not when you get to that kind of metabolic state your body starts downregulating everything mm-hmm. which means that your thyroid function is also going to downregulate too so here now I compounded the problem I had Hashimoto's. It was already not functioning. And then I started extreme dieting and it literally crashed my thyroid. I had like nothing. So then I come out of contest prep. I didn't eat like crazy. People thought that I did because that's the f- the first thing people think when you get done with a prep. They're like, oh, everybody gets fat because they binge eat. It did not happen with me. Um, but I had backed off all this cardio and extreme dieting, started bringing my calories up by 50 calories a week. And at this point, I gained like 40 pounds almost overnight because my thyroid was done. Totally wow. done. That's when I hired the functional medicine doctor because I was like, what is going on with me? I, I'm eating right. I'm doing everything right. I'm exercising. I don't want to be doing two hours of cardio day. That is not healthy. What's going on here? She's the one that discovered all of this stuff. And immediately started um, putting me into treatment for that, which um, helped immensely. But now we're about a year later, and I'm just now starting to dial things back in and look, go back to the physique that I was at.
0: That's a lot. (laughs) I mean, that is a lot, like mentally, emotionally, a lot. Um, Going through all those doctors or going through doctors that thinking that, you know, hey, this is where I'm supposed to go to help me out. And they didn't do shit. And I'm not trying to down doctors at all. There's good ones and there's bad ones. But uh, that is that normally does happen um, because I later learned that a lot of doctors, especially gastro doctors, um, they don't talk about nutrition in their medical sto- uh, studies. It's literally not something that is... Uh, heavily emphasized in their medical studies. So that makes a lot of sense going to another doctor. But I want to know why, like when when I'm listening to you, it seemed like you almost felt like you didn't stop. You were like, okay, no. no. Yeah, why? Mm -mm. What is it? What was that drive? Can you explain that? Because (laughs) I think, no, seriously, because I think that a lot of women you know, they stop and they're like, Oh, fuck it. Can't do this shit. I'm done. But it's like, what was it in you that you kept thinking? No, mm -mm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. What is it?
1: Well, I think it's a blessing and a curse that I'm extremely bullheaded person anyways. And if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Right. And then also like all these people, I don't know what it is about people in fitness that they, they, if you are a fit person, you get people that. I don't know if they're jealous or what it is, but they want to dog you or alienate you or try to sabotage you in some way or another. And when I told people I was going to step on a bodybuilding stage, they were like, yeah, right. Good luck with that. Ha ha ha. Mm. I got mocked. I got mocked a lot. And you want to add fuel to an already bullheaded person's fire. That's one good way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you, uh, I wasn't going to quit. And here's the other crazy thing is, with all this thyroid stuff that I had going on that I had no idea about, basically I was like dead. <laughs> I tell you what I would get, I couldn't even walk up the stairs to get to the Stairmaster some days Yeah, I would pick up one foot and put it in front of the other, climb up those stairs and then go get on the Stairmaster, put on my headphones with the Krebs cycle in them and get, and go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. And I would, I mean, I can't tell you how many days I looked at those stairs that go up to the cardio room at our gym. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't go up these right now only to get on a stairmaster at the top of them. <laughs> it yeah. was pretty crazy. Yes. Yeah. It- so I don't know what the answer is to the drive with that, but you know, sign a contract to yourself. I do it all the time. I did it when I was going to get my personal training license. I did it um, when I was going to get through school, like there's all sorts of things, right? write that down, sign it. That's a contract to yourself. Don't let yourself down. Why would you do that? You know, and when you pick something up, ask yourself if that action is going to get you closer to your goals. What about your why? Why do you do it? Why do you
0: keep going? Why?
1: Um, Well, now it's changed. My whys have constantly morphed over the years now. Like in my last contest prep, like I said, my thyroid was totally done. I didn't realize it. And I don't know if any of your listeners have thyroid problems, but you feel dead. And I, uh, my wife, like I remember calling my close friend. She's a bikini pet competitor. I was like crying on the Stairmaster, right? I can't tell you how many times Con- bodybuilding contest prep is no joke. Like legit. I've cried on, and then you get your hormones get messed up at the end. You get super lean. Females aren't supposed to be lean. So your hormones get a little crazy. And when that happens, you have all sorts of emotions. I can't tell you how many times I would be on the Stairmaster, like bawling my eyes out and mm-hmm. people are looking at me, staring at me. And I'm just like, eh, whatever it is what mm-hmm. it is. I, you know? Um, but I called my friend who's a bikini competitor and she's like, "Toni, do you remember why you do this? She's like, because I've seen what you look like when you step on stage And I was like, Oh, I love stepping on stage. It's my most favorite feeling in the world. When I do it, I love to pose. I love to put on that smile. I love to display how much and how hard I've worked for something. And it's just the most incredible feeling. And if I close my eyes and I think of myself stepping on stage and what I do and why I do it, that makes all of that hard-ass work worth it.
0: Let's talk about I, and we're going to shift gears here. And I I brought this up before we got onto the podcast. So I was looking on your website and uh, I saw how you are on the keto diet. And I wanted to talk to you about this because, uh, and you already know this, there's so much shit out there. Yay, nay, or uh, you know, oh, don't do it. It's not sustainable, blah, 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 blah. But just I want you to talk a a little bit about it. And the reason why is because I look at you and I don't see somebody who's on a keto diet. And because I have seen people, I'm going to be honest, and they don't look healthy. They do not look healthy. I look at you and you look healthy. So can you just talk more about the keto diet, why you think it works for you, and maybe some of the misconceptions?
1: Sure. I would love to go there. So, um, I, I love that you bring up that everybody's unique and individual, right? Because that's a super important part to this picture. Um, I have clients that I would not touch with a keto diet. I I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go there. Um, I have a couple people that are, um, super, super ectomorphic. They are skinny and sinewy and they just, they wouldn't do well on it. I mean, obviously they're already fueled really great with how their body is functioning. Um, but even when you go to like nutrition school or even, I think in a lot of personal training classes, they talk about the different soma types, which that is like endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph, that's your body type and how it, your build is like some people gain muscle really well, but they also don't lose fat. Well, Um, then you have other people don't gain muscle well, but then they're like, super tiny and and energetic. And I think that needs to be taken into consideration a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think like, how we need to look at how people's energy levels are, um, how they're feeling if they're hungry, there's a lot of things that need to be um, taken in. But I think a lot of Americans, especially now with the standard American diet, are so used to burning glucose that they never have to learn how to burn their own fat. And I thought it was super interesting when I was t- taking my personal training course, them talking about fat being the best fuel for endurance athletes. And I was thinking, what the hell's up with that? I remember going to volunteer at the Ironman Triathlon. and We're feeding these people Coca-Cola and oranges and all sorts of sugar, sugar, sugar. And I was going, wait a minute, why? Because if all these endurance athletes are eating straight sugar, But it says here in the book that the ultimate thing is fat. And I'm trying to put all this together in my little brain. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, amongst all of my research and all this stuff that I do, I mean, I'm no doctor or anything special like that, but I love to learn. Mm -hmm. And I start realizing that the problem with a lot of people's diet is that they have been burning glucose their whole life. You think about it. We give a kid rice cereal the first thing when they're a baby and we feed our kids, I don't know why we want to do this, but we want to feed our kids sugar, we're like, here, have some pancakes, mm-hmm. which, you know, people are gonna be like, that's not sugar. It is, it's carbohydrates. Um, and so I think that people are not metabolically flexible anymore. I think that their body doesn't know how to go to that fat as an energy source because it's so used to functioning off of high blood glucose. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, for a lot of people, and you can almost kind of see it. And if you start asking them questions about um, how they feel, if they're hungry, I, I know a lot of women um, that I have had as clients—they're hungry all the time, right? Mm-hmm. They are. Their blood sugars aren't balanced. I am a huge advocate of checking your blood sugar. That is one telltale sign right there that maybe you should switch to a more ketogenic diet. Because here's the thing, even if you go keto, I'm not saying somebody needs to go keto forever, but I think teaching your body to be able to go between burning glucose and using ketones and fat for energy is a great thing to have. And a lot of people, once they become fat adapted and their body's used to making that switch, they can go out, eat a bunch of carbohydrates, and then two weeks later, they cannot, and they'll they'll switch back and forth between ketones and glucose. Mm -hmm. So I think that... You know, obviously it's all individual, but a lot of women that are struggling to lose weight are doing things like eating 100-calorie packs. They're eating things that aren't satiating. Mm -hmm. When you could eat a 100-calorie pack of who knows what chips, um, they have crackers, special cake bar, I don't know, that kind of stuff, you eat that, you're still freaking starving. But if you were to eat 100 calories of, like, peanut butter, or something that's got some fat in it, you're going to find that it's going to stick with you a whole lot better. You're going to be so much more satiated. And so I kind of hate the calories in, calories out thing because I, I think I made a post on my Instagram the other day about this. But if you ate 1,000 calories worth of pizza, what is that? Two pieces of pizza? I mean, crap, I could eat a whole freaking pizza <laughs> if I wanted. That's no problem for me. Um, but you can eat a 1,000 calories worth of pizza, which is two giant pieces of pizza. Or you can eat a thousand calories worth of steak. Which one are you going to feel less hungry with? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's not a good argument to have the calories in calories out thing. I think it's all individual for people. And I think that if you have a client, for example, that I'm a huge fan of clean eating, first of all, that's my big thing. I, I, I mean, I'm not a, if it fits your macros kind of person. I mean, I might do a macro style plan with one of my clients, but I want it to be clean food. I want it to be real vegetables, real protein, rice, things that are real, that you know what they are. If you read an ingredient that says something on there and you can't physically picture that thing as an item, like, mm-hmm. then it shouldn't be eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we're all super individual for me. I know that I struggle with insulin resistance. I had been, I poked my finger when I'm um, in bodybuilding prep because my blood sugar would, I would ha- go hypoglycemic like constantly. Then I started noticing all sorts of things. Like I'd wake up at like three o'clock in the morning. And if I checked my blood sugar, I'd be hypoglycemic. So what was happening is my body wasn't going to fat storage. It wasn't trying to seek out other forms of energy. It was just crashing my blood sugar. And then next thing you know, I'm sleeping. I've got a big cortisol spike because it needs to get my blood sugar up somehow. And so then I'm awake, crappy sleep. So I started like testing my blood sugar constantly and seeing what was affecting me. And when this was happening, I noticed that all of a sudden I was able to feel a lot better. And coming out of my last contest prep, I was like, I'm going to go straight carnivore. I've read all these people talking about doing carnivore. Let's give it a try. Well, I did, but I didn't go into ketosis and about nine weeks into it, I kind of crashed out because my body wasn't used to being metabolically flexible. And because my protein was so high, it was actually, I was through gluconeogenesis, which is protein to glucose. My body was just taking protein and turning it into um, glucose basically. So I wasn't going into ketosis. So I kind of had a crash out. So that started the wheels turning and I was like, okay. Maybe if I get my fat higher, drop my protein down. So that doesn't happen. My body can make this switch. And sure enough, it did. And I feel like a million bucks. Here's the other thing. I badgered my doctor for so long about checking my, um, my insulin and all of this stuff, my fasted insulin. And sure enough, I, because of the PCOS, a lot of people with PCOS have insulin resistance in the first place. Mm-hmm. And they I would say if somebody is diagnosed with uh, PCOS, they probably more than likely would thrive on a ketogenic diet because they're automatically insulin resistant, typically. Mm-hmm. Now that's not medical advice or anything right. like that, but just stating the facts, um, that is one of the big portions of PCOS. So for myself, I switched over to a ketogenic diet and it has worked very, very well for me. Um, I don't put all my clients on that. I'm typically a fan of a more primal or paleo style of eating, just eating real food, I think is really great. Um, That's kind of where I land in the nutrition area.
0: No, that's okay. So I'm going to ask you this. So what do you say to the people who are like, are you freaking kidding me, keto? You can't, it's not sustainable. You can't be doing that. I mean, what do you say to the naysayers? Like, what would, what is usually your response to that? Because, let, I mean, I'm being honest, that's, that's what's going on. You hear it all the time. And I think that, um, but I, w- I, w- I would like to know what you think about that.
1: I think anything you do in life, there's going to be a naysayer, right? I mean, look at my bodybuilding competitions. How many people told me I was stupid for doing that or I couldn't do it? I mean, there's going to be naysayers everywhere. You have to do what you have to do you. That's the most important thing, right? So the naysayers, they can kiss my ass. I don't care. This this is what works for me personally. Just because it works for me doesn't mean I put every one of my clients on it. I'm not like that. And that's, I think my, my quality is I look for what works well for people. If I have somebody that needs to have dessert every night, you can bet your ass I'm going to fit something into their plan that's going to work well for them so they can have a treat. Is it optimal in some situations? No. But if that's the difference between them sticking to their plan and not, then that's what I'm going to have in there. Right. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, as far as the naysayers go, they can say what they want, but, you know, more and more, I would, I would wager in the next five years, more and more medical doctors will be putting clients on a ketogenic plan. A lot of their people that are suffering from hypertension, um, diabetes, all these things, I think is, it, it's moving. The ball is rolling. If you go and um, read on the internet, like things are happening with this. And it's because they're finding how many people, what is it, like 80 billion people have type 2 diabetes now? It's some crazy ass number. And type 2 diabetes is blood sugar dysregulation. A lot of these people are solving this with a ketogenic diet. So how many more results are going to happen before all of a sudden Western medicine starts switching to this too? It already has. I mean, um, I've had Dr. Ken Berry on my podcast. I've had a lot of people that Um, I'm going to have Dr. Tro on my podcast here pretty soon. A lot of these people are medical doctors that are Western medical doctors. And they're like, I had no nutrition knowledge. I had none. They covered it like two days when I was becoming a doctor. And they're like, now all of a sudden I see the light and I see the whole thing as a big picture. And it's like, well, duh, these people are suffering from, um, super glucose spikes and all of this stuff. And it's wearing our body out. I mean, and insulin is the fat storage hormone. So if you become insulin resistant, right? Your body and your body isn't, your cells aren't uptaking that glucose when the insulin is supposed to bring it into the cell. Your body releases more insulin. Well, how long, how much insulin can you have released before you're going to start developing a lot of adipose tissue?
0: I love this because I want people to hear the pros and cons. And obviously you're pro- uh, for keto. But let me ask you another question, because I've heard a lot of times that generally in the, the, the entire population who are, th- those who are doing keto are not doing it right. No. And yeah. so when someone says that, or when I see that, in my mind, I'm like, well, how, what, what are they doing that's not right? And so in your ex- with your experience or from what you've seen, what is it that they're not doing right?
1: Um, well, I think there's a lot of pseudo keto foods out there now. It's become a buzzword, right? So we, and, and actually, ketogenic foods are not regulated. Um, so, so you can literally, I could take a box of chips. They could totally not be keto at all. They could be, I mean, if you look and read the ingredients, you'll see a lot of these keto foods have like 29 grams of carbohydrates in them. Um, you will you that's the first misnomer is people are doing like a, they call it a dirty keto um, they 'll buy things that are labeled to be keto and they're not actually keto because it 's not regulated through the food administrations right mm-hmm. so a lot of this stuff will spike your blood sugar um and so some experimentation has also happened with that and myself with a um, glucose monitor. Just stick your finger a little bit after you eat your meal you 'll know if that thing is truly keto or not you're right. going to see. Your blood sugar um, totally change. And that's one thing that I recommend to a lot of people. I know it's probably not appealing for people to poke your finger, but I promise you it's not that bad. And if you're struggling with your weight or your health, a really great place to start is start watching your blood sugar numbers are motivating, mm-hmm. super motivating. Um, but these people are doing like, they think that a ketogenic diet is just strictly a low carb diet or a no carb diet. They're not paying a lot of attention to how much fat they're taking in, how much healthy fat they're taking in. Cause that's also something that helps this diet work. Um, so they'll be eating just straight protein, for example, where I explained a while ago, Um, gluconeogenesis, so they may not be going into ketosis because of that. If you don't have enough fat on board, you may not go into ketosis. Also, if you're consuming carbohydrates that you're not aware of, that's a big problem. Um, The other thing I don't really agree with, which there's all sorts of theories out there, is artificial sweeteners. So all of a sudden, we have this keto generation that is eating all these skinny syrups and getting those sugar-free lattes at the coffee stand and that can actually kind of be detrimental to your progress as, as far as hunger goes. Um, I had Dr. Robert Pistori on my podcast. I had done a lot of research on the gustatory response. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Pastori came on my podcast and he talked about how sugars affect us. And one of the big things is sucralose, um, aspartame, all of these kind of things, are super, super sweet, right? Like they're like thousands times sweeter than actual sugar. And when they cross your um, the gustatory cell on your tongue, your body actually prematurely releases insulin. Well, if you're already on a no-carb diet and your body is all of a sudden releasing a bunch of insulin in preparation to take care of this sugar that it thinks it just got a hold of, what's going to happen? you're going to go hypoglycemic your blood sugar's going to get low then your body's going to be like i'm star- starving feed me like and then that's when people start to binge on carbohydrates they can't take control of their cravings and their feelings because their body is hitting the override button and it's like mayday mayday we right. need help <laughs> right, you know right. and that happens during contest prep as well like when i get super lean and i know multiple other competitors that this happens with you get super lean and then the next thing you know you literally will be walking by a plate of food and you, your brain says no freaking way. I'm not letting you eat that. You have goals. Your hand is like, screw you, lady. I'm going <laughs> to grab this and put it in your mouth. My first contest prep, I saw some pizza crust on the ground and I almost picked it up and ate it. Like you, and that's totally, you wouldn't do that in real life, but your body overrides things. So if your blood sugar gets super low, you're a sugar burner, you're not used to actually using fat for fuel, your body's going to go into this panic mode. And there are people um, that will argue against that, but there are lots and lots of stuff supporting this. And I mean, I know a lot of people that are hungry all the time, so it makes perfect sense.
0: Right, right. Okay. I I love this conversation because it, you know, I want people to listen to all the quote unquote diets um, that is out there, but I like that you explained that um because like i said when i see you you don't look like someone who is on keto and it almost sounds like you you definitely have to be disciplined and know what you're doing it's not something like oh hey i'm going to do keto i'm going to start tomorrow it literally sounds to me it has to be a very well well planned uh lifestyle um and disciplined lifestyle would you agree with that
1: yeah i agree with that um i think the, the word sustainability gets brought up a lot in dieting, but here's the thing. It depends on what's sustainable for you, right? So we have the, if it fits your macros, people claiming stability, you have the keto people claiming stability, you have the paleo people, you know, it, but here's the thing. It depends on what works for you. For me, I don't want to log my food every day. I don't want to count calories. I don't want to be afraid of what I'm putting in my mouth, if it's going to put me over, or under, or all these calculations. I've been there. I've tried it. For me, I don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. I also, I don't want to be hungry all the time. And I can tell you, I've done every form of dieting. I know what it's like to be hungry. I hate being hungry. It's stupid. And then when you're hungry, you it's it opens all these doors for wanting to eat a bunch of garbage. So I, I'm not down for that for me, what works, I like the keto thing because if I want to eat peanut butter right out of the freaking jar, I can, Mm -hmm. I don't have to count it. I don't have to weigh it, you know? And, um, for the paleo people that maybe they want to have cake, but they think the paleo police are going to come get them. I don't know. Um, it just depends on what's sustainable for you. Um, I think eating like a clean diet is sustainable, especially because flavor, right? Um, you like when you start getting back to your roots and not eating things that come out of a box, all of a sudden you realize the food that you are cooking, the flavor is so much better. Um, My whole family is paleo aside from me. I'm keto. My husband would not do well on a keto diet. He's super endomorphic. I have a hard time keeping muscle on him. Um, I mean, I feed the crap out of the guy. He doesn't want to eat anymore (laughs) and he's still skinny. (laughs) So, um, but the thing is, is, um, uh, it depends on what works well for you. Right. So yeah, that's what works well for him is eating. I mean, he eats lots of rice, um, proteins, vegetables. We have all these things available in our house and it's super satiating. It's super tasty. It's amazing when you take things back to basics, the flavor you all of a sudden start to discover that's not being masked by a bunch of artificial things.
0: Absolutely. And I, I'm i glad you brought up the, the family aspect of it. And with that being said, let's change the topic to that. And how do you balance all of this that you're saying? I mean, you're doing a lot for the average person. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, we're, she's hustling just like the rest of us, but you're how do you balance being a mom, working on your own journey and every other thing that you're doing? how or is there such thing as balance? How do you do it?
1: Well, see, I love that you say that. I don't know that there really is balance, right? We do what we can to just make things work. Um, there are some non-negotiables in this, like every single weekend I meal prep. And when I say meal prep, I've done some crazy meal preps. I mean, people are like, holy cow, look at this. I love to feed my family and I love to feed them healthy food. And here's the other thing. I'm giving my kids a great tool for their toolbox by teaching them how to cook and having them see that, um, you can make your own food. You don't have to buy it out of a box. So that's a great tool for them that also people like, well, I don't want to distract from family time. Let me tell you something, cooking a meal together or picking it out and doing this, this is a wonderful family time. And you, and, and I'm telling you, I cook all of our meals for the whole week in two to three hours on the weekend. Do you know how nice it is to come home from work and not cook? It's amazing. But here's the thing cook for two to three hours on the weekend or your day off or whatever time suits you and don't cook for the rest of the week. A lot of times, that looks like for me, we cook ten or fifteen pounds of ch- chicken or steak, and we I have it all cubed up in containers in the fridge, so mm-hmm. it's easy for people just to grab a handful out and throw it in a skillet with some like coconut aminos and vegetables and make themselves a stir fry. It's done in like five minutes, or even throw it in the microwave, um, or eat it directly out of the dang thing. I can't tell you how often I'm on the run. I grab a Ziploc bag, I stick my hand in the chicken, I throw the chicken in there, and I eat it while I'm driving. Hard-boiled eggs are great. Um, Kids love vegetables, honestly. I mean, my kids, my daughter, she loves to eat celery and peanut butter and apples and carrots. I mean, my kids love this stuff. And chicken and hard-boiled eggs. I mean, my daughter's favorite lunch is spinach and tuna with – I think it's like a primal food salad dressing on it. (laughs) Wow. I mean, (laughs) like if you, you can't say your kids don't like these things until you present them to them. Right. Right. If they see you are enjoying these things, they're going to enjoy it too. But a lot of people start off on the wrong foot by being like, well, my kid wouldn't want to eat that. Or my kid thinks it's gross. That's not how it works. Right. (laughs) You know, they're they're gonna they're learning from you. They're a sponge. They're gonna follow your lead. Um and so um as far as balance goes, I think being prepared as far as food goes is a really important thing. So like I said, I'll cook 10 pounds of some kind of protein. Same thing with like um, breakfast sausage. I'll cook like a whole thing of breakfast sausage and have it there so that if my husband wants to make himself an omelet, all he does is throw that in there. And I have pre-chopped like peppers. I chop all the vegetables up ahead of time too. So you can just pull it out and throw it in a skillet and it takes you just a couple of minutes. And then I'll prep. Here's my other secret as far as dinners go. Every Sunday I will decide on one meal and I will make it in bulk. Mm -hmm. So I'll make like three paleo cheeseburger casseroles. Or, and I'll you literally use like 10 pounds of hamburger and like five pounds of bacon. And these suckers they are amazing. Uh, and I'll, or I'll make like 10 pounds of meatballs or I'll make like three different casseroles of enchiladas. And you'll notice every Sunday, if you do this, your freezer gets full pretty quick and it kind of builds on itself so that you're never without any meals. There's right. always something in there to go to. And things don't have to be complicated. Stir fries are so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, chicken, garlic, coconut aminos, broccoli, vegetables, throw that together. It takes like 20 minutes and it's delicious, right? No, not out of a box. Right. Um, no soy, because that's another thing. I think there are also some things out there that aren't so good for you. And that's one of them that's snuck into everything. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can throw us, a, a lot of people are in the Instapot. You can throw a spaghetti squash in there, add a little bit of pesto or red sauce and some of that pre-cooked sausage you already had in the fridge. It takes like 10 minutes. It's easy. So you don't have to overcomplicate things. That's one of the big things that helps me. Um, I do work out early in the morning before my kids wake up. Um, that's And I do check my website and all of that stuff either on my lunch break at work or in the mornings. Um, And then on right before I go home, I will sit in my truck and I will respond to people if they need to be responded to. I'm trying to be a good mom and not be on my phone when my uh, kids are around, which is hard. And I'm not saying you're a bad mom if you are on your phone, but (laughs) I'm just saying I'm trying really hard to put it down. It's so hard for me as a people person when I have a client text me for a question to not respond to them. But at some point you really need to be present. And so I tell my clients that ahead of time and they're pretty good with that. I'm like, I promise I'll get back with you in 24 hours. I'll do my best to do it right away, but I do have to be present for my kids too. So, um, but working out early in the morning is great. Prepping meals together as a family is great. It's fun to get a good cookbook. There's some really great clean eating cookbooks out there. Like the wellness mama, I think her name is she's got amazing cookbooks, uh, nom nom paleo is an awesome book. And it's not just for the paleo aspect of it. They have things in how you can prep it ahead of time. Mm. There's all sorts of information in there. Yeah. So that's one big thing. Um, I, I have obviously my whole life integrated on a calendar from my website. So when people book, it blocks my calendar out. (laughs) Um, and it's not perfect. Some days I'm running around like chicken with my head cut off. But I think there's things you can do like prepping food ahead of time and working out early in the morning are some great things Honestly, I hate waking up in the morning. I'm not a morning person people are like how are you such a morning person? I'm not but when my alarm goes off, that's my time and once I get working out I feel so good for the rest of the day It's yeah. it's really amazing and I have to remind myself of that right and
0: you know, just listening to you talk I think that uh, and you can tell me if I'm I'm wrong with this, but I think that there's a combination with you. You have a plan, but you're also adapting. You're adaptable. Like if something, if shit goes down, you're like, okay, what? Okay, I'm going to be open. What could I do? What could I make? The, how can I make this work? Okay, that meal didn't work. I, I think that there, and I hate using that word balance, but I think that it is kind of like a balancing act where you're on one foot, and when shit starts getting heavy on the left side, you kind of, okay, what can I bring on the right side? And it almost sounds like you do have a plan. You are, you are preparing as should anybody else with goals, but you are open for shit to happen and you're adapting to it. Am I wrong to say that? I mean, I think that's why you're successful in doing what you're doing. You're adapting.
1: Totally. 100%. Because I'm, I'm telling you, things aren't perfect around my house. It's actually pretty much a shit show all the time. And I'm not afraid to say that because I do run around like a chicken with my head cut off. It's planned chaos most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I hope nobody goes to my website and or my Instagram or anything like that and thinks that I have my shit together because I'm a human and I don't. I just do what I do to try to make things work. Yes. And sometimes like lately, I mean, I just recently had reconstructive hip surgery. We've got this COVID stuff going on. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on lately. I don't get my workouts in every time, right? but I'm still getting them in. Or if I can't get in some big, long workout, I'll go down for 15 minutes and just hammer the shit out of myself. And then I'm good to go. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Just something, make that one little step I mean it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to go to the gym for 2 hours a day. Just make that step. Set aside start by setting aside that 15 minutes for yourself or that 1 hour to meal prep. Whatever you have to do, it all starts with these small steps, but they're going to continue to compound.
0: Right. And I think that that goes into the the question I was going to ask, but I think you answered it, you know, how does a woman you know, tell how, what do you tell a woman who's looking into this journey? And like you said, it's, it's the baby steps and, uh, it's, it's the planning and, um, no, that totally makes a lot of sense. Um, so you are very well known in a lot of podcasts and platforms. Can you just share with the listeners, you know, who've you've talked to who've you, uh spoken to uh what platforms just so that people know uh what you've done. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh Cliff No I'm... version.
0: Cliff No version Kyle, yeah. yeah. I know you've done a lot.
1: <laughs> oh man. Um well I so I started my own podcast um back in October uh of 2019 because everybody's like you need to start talking more and I had written a bunch of articles but I suck at like putting them on a blog. I couldn't get to it. I finally did start my blog. So that's available as well on Connie Um, nightingale, like the bird anyway, um, that's available. So I do, I'm trying to get some like meal prep stuff on there, bulk wise and things like that. But basically I started my podcast. The first few episodes sucked so bad. I wanted to delete them, but then I noticed that, um, I, it just took off. And all of a sudden I'm having amazing people on there that are really well known. And then I'm being pursued to go on other people's podcasts, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been on the primal blueprint. Um, They have me under my maiden name there, which is Connie Hartel been on the unlock the sugar shackles podcast, your podcast, keto savage. Some of these haven't been released to the traveling nurse podcast, so lots of podcasts. I do have a YouTube channel. I don't have a ton on there. <laughs> uh, it's under Connie Nightingale Health and Fitness. Um, I mean, I'm on social media if you want to give me a follow. I suck at social media so I'm not some influencer or anything like that. <laughs> I think it's pretty okay. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have to force myself to post stuff. And then when I'm in contest prep, I shut the whole thing off. I don't even use it. I'm totally off of Facebook at this point. Uh, I don't even have one anymore. I looked
0: at your website and it's very um, impressive of what you've done. And I've listened to some of the podcasts that you've been on and it's, it's very impressive, Connie. And with that being said, you said that there were, you have your blog coming up. Are Do you have any o- other like upcoming competition or once this COVID thing is over any future events or programs you have coming up that you want to share?
1: Well, I'm working on some deals, and I'm not sure. I, I believe it's set in stone. I'm not sure. I got a lot of things happening.
0: Okay, so uh, we'll. We, I, you don't have to say it. We'll. We'll yeah. uh, just keep me posted, so because I would love to share it with everybody else, so that they know, you know, what have you know what you've been doing or what has become of you. Um. After yeah, yeah. But no. I yeah.
1: Do, Yeah. And I do plan on competing again someday. I don't know when though, because here's the thing. I don't, unlike a lot of competitors, I'm not going to force my body to do something it's not ready for. Mm -hmm. So when my body says it's ready to compete again, I'll step on stage. I've noticed by transferring to a fully keto diet that I'm beginning to get a lot of things back that I had lost. And so, uh, I feel like I'm more on track than I think, but I just recently had reconstructive hip surgery. So I've been out of the gym for like 12 weeks Um, approximately. Uh, So I will step on stage again. Um, My big thing is, is I really love posing bodybuilding posing. Um, So I focus a lot on helping competitors pose. I'm working a deal right now um, with a continuous glucose monitor company. So I will soon be blogging hopefully in the future about how sugar is affecting me and things that you can pair with certain things in order to optimize it when you do eat sugar. Um, how to optimize sugar and training. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming up. I can't wait to use myself as a Guinea pig. Nice. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. So yeah, that's okay. basically where I'm at. I mean, I have a lot of, on my website, there's lots of free recipes and things like that. So people can enjoy that if they want. Um, yeah. They're not paleo or keto or, or aim towards certain things. I have a lot of stuff there for everybody. No,
0: you're doing. I thought you were going to say, and that's it. I'm like, no, that's a lot. Uh, you're you have a <laughs> lot. No, seriously, that's a lot coming up. I'm going to give you the last uh, question that I often ask all my guests, and that is, if you could tell a woman one piece of advice about being on this journey, that was not given to you, and we could say whether it's the the fitness journey or uh, the, uh, the posing journey or being a coach journey you, you tell me, but what was not given to you that you wish was given to you?
1: That's kind of a loaded question. I know. I think especially because this podcast is a female podcast and I'm not saying males can't listen to it, but this is very important for women. When I got into this journey, I thought that if I worked out I could look like a woman on a magazine cover or these Instagram fitness influencers, things like that. I thought I could look like them all the time. I didn't know that a lot of these people go through bodybuilding cuts to look like this for these shoots and these things. I mean, heck, Tom Brady even said he can't do photo shoots and things in the football season because he has to go through a cut in order to do these advertisements. Mm. And he's not at the top of his game. When he goes through a cut, he doesn't feel well. And so he, that's why he can't do it during a normal football season because he's not optimal. So if I could give one thing of advice to women, it's that being shredded and looking like these people you see on social media in magazines, all these places is not does not mean that you're fit, and it does not mean that you're healthy. Um, Health is a, there's a whole wrong picture painted of health, and I think it's important for females to know that we, as females, are meant to carry a little bit of extra body fat. We do well with that. That's how God designed us. And no, I'm not getting on some religious (laughs) platform, God or whoever you believe in. That's how we are. There's a reason we store stuff in certain places. And a lot of times these people that you see that are shredded and misses fitness or whatever, trust me, I've been there multiple times, are not healthy. And you don't feel well when you're at that point. You're not at the top of your game. Your brain doesn't work well. So there is a balance of, of fitness and health. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to stop being so hard on ourselves when we look in the mirror and we start this comparison game between us and other people. You don't know how they're actually feeling inside. You don't know what their insides look like. So um, I think you need to be graceful with yourself. If you're just beginning your weight loss journey and say you have a lot to lose, it doesn't matter where you start. You just start and you work on getting healthy. Don't work on looking like so and so on Instagram, or so and so on what magazine cover, because it's not reality right
0: yeah, that is I'm glad you said that that's that's a big important that's very important for women to acknowledge and believe, so I'm glad you gave you you said that that's very important all right, well, uh Connie, I know you mentioned that you are in a lot of platforms. I will certainly put all the links to your blog, even though you said you don't have a lot on your pod, um, I'm sorry, on your YouTube channel. I'm still going to post that on the episode notes on the podcast site so people can find you, your website, everything and everywhere where we can find you, I'll put on the, on the episode notes. And I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, I want to tell you that I, I want to thank you for inspiring women like me. Uh, just looking at your website, you make us women proud. And I I really mean that because you're talking about all this shit that you're doing and you're rising. You're, you're, you're a shooting star. Just keep going and we're all going to be rooting for you. So thank you so much for being here with us.
1: I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify, leave your feedback and comments. And thanks again, everyone. Bye.